the Apostle John, the elder apostolic voice of the New Testament in his letters has repeatedly remind us that God's love transforms us and in that transformation we want to respond and God desires us to respond with love. And then that love continues to flow out in our worship and our praise and the way that we live our life, the obedience of our life, but it also flows out in our relationships. That we are to love God and we are to love people. And in 3 John, as he's writing to his friend Gaius, he commends Gaius, he compliments him because Gaius is representing God's love faithfully in a very obvious manner that's celebrated in the church and very purposeful so that it helps the mission of the church reach the lost. And that activity of love that Gaius is expressing is what we simply call hospitality. It is simply the idea that as believers, we should be able to interact with other people, whether we know them or not, in a way that is so friendly that it gives the opportunity to let them see the love of Jesus. That lets them see how Jesus' love can transform our lives and how we then desire, we are motivated to share that transformation with people who haven't experienced it yet, to invite them into those conversations because our lives have been so significantly changed. And it begins with simple hospitality, simply helping to greet and welcome the people we come in contact with. So if you want to look at 3 John, this is what John says to his friend. Again, I mentioned last week four times he refers to Gaius as his dear friend, as a a very close, personal, precious relationship. Dear friend, you are acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they're strangers. They have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, since they set out for the sake of the name, and that name is reference to Jesus in most of your translations, it should be capitalized. Accepting nothing from pagans, that word literally means Gentiles. We oftentimes refer to it as unbelievers, or today in our vernacular, a lot of times we talk about the unchurched, those who yet haven't met Christ. Therefore, he says, we ought to support such people so that we can be co-workers with the truth. This friendly relationship, this hospitable relationship enables us to further the gospel, the good news, the hope that's found in Jesus. And it begins with simple, faithful hospitality. I love the way that John just says to Gaius, you're acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters and especially for those who are strangers. You're faithful. The transformation of Jesus has created in you a willingness to engage people, to know people, to interact with people so that they see the best of who Jesus is. We want to be faithful in every aspect. We want to be obedient. And John has reminded us that over and over again. Be obedient. Be faithful. But now John is saying, Gaius, one of the great things you do is you are faithful in this hospitality. You are faithful in the way you treat brothers and sisters, those in church, those you know, those you have relationship. But Gaius, you're faithful 
even when you meet strangers. Simply letting people see the love of Christ. Being friendly. It's, it seems so simple, but all of us at some point in time, if you've been in church life, you've been in a church where they forgot. They look at you when you walk in the door and you're not really sure this wasn't an invitation-only event. Or you go and you sit down only to find out that, oh, that's where Mrs. So-and-so sits. I remember one time we were hosting a huge conference. We had hundreds of pastors come into our church and, and we were in the middle of the conference and a, and a lot of the pastors and, and a lot of my close friends were African-American. They were black pastors and black churches and they came and they sat down front because they want to talk to the preachers when we're, t- when we're speaking. And I, and I looked down and all of my buddy, um, a lot of them looked like they could have been pro football players. They had all piled into those front row. And right in the middle of it was this little white dot. One of our oldest ladies sat there. And so after the service, I went down and I was talking to them. And, and, and she was so happy to meet them and greet them. And, and she finally said, Pastor, I know all these men are your friends. But this is where I sit every Sunday. They were welcome to sit with me. <laughs> I was really thankful for that last phrase. I was really thankful that they were welcome to sit with her. That's, that's what Gaius did. Gaius said, you know what? Okay, maybe this is my seat. Maybe this is my turf. Maybe this is my territory, but I'm willing to share it because the gospel of Christ is oftentimes most clearly seen in relationship. And Gaius was faithful What I think of when I think about him acting faithfully, I think of the times that hospitality doesn't come natural. I think about the person who is in our congregation, who is by nature, by the way God designed them so it's not wrong, shy, maybe a little more introverted, and they are excellent at thinking through and analyzing and helping us with things, but to say good morning to somebody is a, is a hard thing to do, and yet they faithfully do it. I remember a couple years ago, one of the young men in our church, she was a little on the quieter side, he, was, he volunteered for our greeters ministry. He volunteered to be up in the lobby welcoming people as they came to church. And I finally asked him one day, I said, why exactly are you doing this? Because he didn't seem like the right match. You know, normally greeters team, these people are the people who they're saying hi to you whether you want to be said hi to. You know, they're they're not having to be faithful. This is just the way they're designed. That's not necessarily him. He gave me a great answer. He said, Pastor, my wife told me I needed to do this. He was faithful. He was faithful to listen to his wife. He was faithful to greet. And he did that regularly. I think he was on like a one-month rotation. He was doing that and then got to and learned where he enjoyed it. I think of faithfulness when it's been one of those weekends. You know, kind of like this morning. Technology went out. We don't know exactly why. So we spent the last hour trying to re-gear, retool, and make sure that we could do the things we wanted to do this morning. It's really great to see those who are on live stream because we weren't real sure that was going to happen. We weren't real sure you would have the words. Fortunately, Josh picked all familiar songs this morning. We probably could have survived without the words, but when we do those new songs, we can't survive without the words. 
And so after an extremely stressful morning, and then after telling all of the team in our pre-service meeting as we were praying together, if it goes out, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to sing without words. You're going to have to keep playing. You have to do all this without music. You have to do this without all the prompts and all the help that we normally have. To walk out here and smile and say, good morning, I'm glad you're at church, is a little hard because it's not necessarily been a good morning for Josh because it's filled with tension and, and, it, and, and a bad Sunday morning makes for a worse Monday morning in our occupation. And so, you know, I think about those times. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. Work was hard this week. School was a nuisance this week. Grades aren't what they're supposed to be. And, you know, we're dealing with all these different things. And do we really feel like, hey, I'm glad to see you. And our hospitality was, our faithfulness to hospitality, has it ever been tested as much as it has been this last year? You tell a bunch of huggers, don't hug. You tell a bunch of handshakers, handshaking in, in Texas. I mean, it's like a rite of passage. You just do it no matter what. And then you're told, no, don't touch one another. It, it tested our culture of friendliness and hospitality. But we remained faithful. We learned how to chat on live stream. We've, we've learned how to send messages. We, we've, we've been calling. We've been trying to continue to embrace faithful hospitality. Then allows us to have celebrated hospitality. I, I, John responds and he says, look, the, everybody's testified before the whole church that your hospitality is making a difference. That's a huge thing. That's a great thing. That, that's, not, that's not the kind of pride we need to be afraid of. That's the kind of pride we need to embrace when we do things right. Because God is pleased and, and we're pleased. There's nothing I like more than on a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday morning when I start calling first-time guests, and I hear this all the time, but I don't take it for granted. Hey, I just, it was great being at church. I always ask them, I say, well, okay, what was good? What was bad? What was, what was easy? What was hard? What was your experience like? And almost unanimously, I always hear about what a friendly church, what a friendly place it is. We should celebrate that. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to be in a friendly place. And, and nobody's paid to be friendly here. You know, Walmart broke into the business with a whole new model where they hire employees. Their only responsibility is to say, good morning. We're glad you're at Walmart. Would you like a cart? We don't have, nobody here is paid to be friendly. I mean, that's not even in my job description. Fortunately, that comes somewhat naturally for me. We should celebrate it because the reason we're friendly, remember, hospitality isn't because we're Texas. We, we are proud to be Texas. In fact, talk about strangers. We've got some strangers. River and her brothers are here from Malibu, California. Looks like River went on to children's worship this morning, but her brothers are still here. These surfing bums left California to come to Texas for the week. I told them, I bet it feels like being out of prison. And they said, yes. So we didn't have to wear a mask all week, Pastor. They're hanging out at Grandma's house this week in joy in Texas. Except for the surfing, you guys might just want to stay. I mean, this is a good place to live. Just, you know, celebrate being friendly. Celebrate making friends because ultimately that celebrates the change that Jesus is making in us. We're able to love people the same way we're able to love God. Because God has loved us and changed our lives.
Gaius was faithful in his hospitality. Gaius's hospitality was celebrated as a part of the, the values and the, and the things that they were happy about at the church. And Gaius's hospitality was purposeful. You would do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Now, in this case, we believe probably John is referring to what we would call today missionaries, emissaries from the church that maybe has gone out or has come back. Maybe these are individuals, like we'll see next week, friends of John's that he sent to that church to interact with them or to encourage them or help them. And now their relationship is, is temporary and it's for the moment and they're going to send out and in a very purposeful fashion, Gaius's hospitality is going to send them out. Think of that phrase for a minute, in a manner worthy of God. Probably it didn't cross our minds this morning that how we greet one another and how we say goodbye to one another could actually represent or reflect on the worth and the value and the majesty of God. Your smile can glorify God. I mean, I want, I'm, I'm kind of picking on River and her brother's this morning because I'm just, I'm just glad they're here and I'm glad to meet somebody from California and, and glad to see them smiling. But I, I honestly, sincerely, and not to pick on you guys even more, but I mean, just <laughs> except that I am. And so, but ask your grandparents, they're used to it. They know that that happens a lot around here. You know, I want them to go back to California and I want them to say, hey, you know what? We went to church and it wasn't bad. It, was, it might have even been a good experience, might have even been a friendly experience, because people need to meet Jesus, and that's why the church exists. Let's be purposeful in a way that glorifies God, in a way that reflects the manner of God, in a way that shows we've been changed. We know God's love. And I'm not the same. I'm not the same person anymore. I mean, that my life is completely changed. And our hospitality, it needs to go way beyond what happens just in the room. It needs to take place when we're online, when we're on social media. It should be showing through. It should take place when we're in grocery stores or restaurants. The vast majority of this crowd is going to leave out of here and they're going to go to some restaurant someplace. And our faithful, our celebrated, our purposeful hospitality should reflect this afternoon. And that waiter or that waitress, that wait staff, they should be thankful that we're doing business with them, especially in a downturn economy. And they should be glad to see us. You know, I did that for a while. I was on wait staff in two different, two different restaurants in high school and the first part of college. And there are regulars. And there are regulars that when they show up at the door, everybody says, I hope it's not my table. <laughs> and there are regulars when they show up at the door, they say, I want them at my table. I, don't, I actually try to be so nice to wait staff that when I walk through the door, they argue over which table I get to sit at. You know, now, granted, I don't want to seem so altruistic here and, and so hyper-spiritual that you don't know the truth. There are reciprocal rewards for that. 
we were walking in line. There's this little barbecue shack that we go to sometimes when we're up at the ranch and we're going through the line Thursday night to get a, get a burger. And um, they, they do at their restaurant what a restaurant, a lot of restaurants do. They penalize water drinkers. By that I mean, if you're going to order a Coke or a nice tea, you get this big, nice glass you can pour all your water into. If you order water, you get this little cup that looks a little bit like the urologist office. <laughs> and there's no room for ice and hardly any room for water. And so we're standing in line, my best friend and I, and we're getting there and he, he ordered an iced tea or whatever he ordered and, and the lady gave him the cup. And then she looked and she, and she instinctively started to grab the cup and I said, I'm just having water because I knew, I knew I was destined for the little Dixie cup. And, uh, and she stopped and she, she, you know, she realized, oh, I'm about to give him the one I have to charge for. And she goes, oh no, I'm just gonna give it to you. My friend looks at her and goes, why are you gonna give it to him? He's ordering water. She goes, he knows my name. <laughs> yeah, it is about the glory of God, but sometimes it's just flat out helpful. <laughs> sometimes it's just to your benefit to be purposefully hospitable. When it comes to the glory of God, look and see what he says. They are setting out for the sake of the name, for the name of Jesus. Purposeful hospitality is for Jesus. It is a part of fulfilling mission. God wants us to be friendly because friendliness entices people into relationship with us and then ultimately relationship with them. It is for the name of Christ. It, it can be natural, it can be cultural, but it should always be intentional. We should always be friendly. And we should always reflect it. Because is, would our life be any better without Jesus? And I think absolutely most of us, if not all of us, are going to say absolutely not. Our life is totally fulfilled. Jesus promised, I came to give you abundant life, fulfilled life. I came to give you this. And if my face looks like I'm not fulfilled, if my face looks like I'm not abundant, then I am reflecting on the very promise of Jesus. We have this opportunity. Many of us were attracted to God because of some person that knew him. Their life appealed to us. Their life invited us into that conversation that led to the decision to be a follower of Christ. These people that Gaius is being hospitable with, that he's preparing, possibly even giving financial gifts to, they are setting out. They are leaving Gaius's church to continue on their mission, to continue on their journey for the sake of the name of Jesus. Purposeful hospitality never forgets. We are ambassadors to the kingdom of God. And what people see in us reflects that kingdom. We represent God and his kingdom. We have been commissioned. We have been sent out to represent his kingdom. Purposeful hospitality needs to take that in mind and realize that simple hospitality lets us fulfill mission. But it's also for the lost. Purposeful, pur purposeful hospitality is for the lost, which creates kind of a regardless of cost moment. These individuals are going out, Gaius is helping them go out, and they're going out and they're accepting nothing from the pagans, from the unbelievers, from the unchurched. They're going out because those lost people need to know that Jesus can change their life. 
They need to hear the stories about who Jesus is. They need to hear the stories about how Jesus has changed their life. They need to know that when they're in difficult times, when their employment is at at, at risk, when their health is at risk, when their marriage is at risk, when their children are at risk, they need to know Jesus can make a difference. And they don't have a framework, they don't have a filter by which to seek out that resolution if the church of Christ isn't out there with them and for them, not for what we can get, but for what we can give and what we can share. We go out for the sake of the name of Jesus. And while we're out there, we don't do it expecting something in return from unbelievers. We do it so that unbelievers may know that they can expect absolute, unconditional love and forgiveness out of the grace of God, the same exact way you and I received it. We go out for the lost. We're hospitable for the unchurched. People ought to be comfortable. That's, I was visiting with a man this week, and he was asking how things went at church during COVID. And, and truthfully, I don't know the stories you hear from your friends, if they're like the stories I hear from my friends, most of whom are pastors. But it was a hard season, and there are churches that didn't survive. There are churches who have closed down and are not operating today because of the events of the last year and a half. But things went well here. And he said, what did you guys do differently? And I said, I don't know that we had any particular formula that made us any different. We were making decisions on the same faulty and oftentimes messed up information that everybody was making decisions on. I, th- I finally said, the only conclusion I come to as a result of what we've just came through as a church, as a, as a community, as a society, was simply this. We went into the pandemic valuing people other people more than ourselves. We had listened to Paul's admonition in Philippians chapter two, where we should look out not for our own selves, but for the sake of other people. We had listened to the example of Christ that Paul concludes that little hymn about in Philippians, where Christ gave up everything from his throne to come here, suffer here, and now he's exalted back into heaven and believing that one day every tongue will bow, every, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow that Jesus is Lord. We went into the pandemic with the same humility that we saw in Paul and in Jesus, and we wanted that in our church. And so at all points, our greatest concern was, yes, the safety of our congregation, but even more than just the physical health, the mental, emotional, and spiritual health. My deepest prayer on the first week of pandemic was, God, don't let us become antisocial. You have made us a friendly church by your love. Let us respect people. If they wear a mask or they don't wear a mask, it doesn't matter to us. They matter to us. We didn't care whether they wore ties or didn't wear ties. We didn't care if they wore dresses or didn't wear dress. Before, why would we make an issue over the fashion of mask? We love people. We love souls. Souls that Jesus died for. That's the lost. Lost is not a derogatory term. It is an explanation of position. If you're lost, you want to be rescued. And if you're lost and you don't know you're lost, meeting somebody who has been rescued can help you make that decision to be rescued, to find a better, more meaningful life. Because Jesus died for these people. The least we can do is be nice to them and hospitable. 
and it's for the church. I actually really like verse 8. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we can be co-workers with the truth. Co-workers, that word that describes fellowship and partnership. It is our opportunity to work together. To work together within our own ministry, to work together with other ministries. 10% of everything you give this morning will go to ministries outside of our ministry. Everything you give to the Annie Armstrong North American mission offering during this season of the year, 100% of that goes. We, we don't take any administrative fees. We don't, we don't take any cuts out of that. Everything, every check you write, every online gift you give to the mission offering goes directly to the mission board to touch lives in other parts of North America. Because giving is a natural response in a life that's been changed by Jesus. And we want to cooperate. Other churches are not our competition. Other churches are our partners. Sunday school classes and Bible study classes and life groups are not in competition with one another. They're working side by side. We're in this together. Purposeful hospitality is for the name of Jesus. It is for the lost who we desperately want to meet Jesus. And it is for the church. It is a partnership of us working together as a family, as a community, as a mission. And it begins in a simple way. It sounds good to say we should love God and love people. And a lot of people, as a matter of fact, there's a popular song in the top 40 Christian charts right now that says just that, love God, love people. What I'm saying this morning is it begins extremely simple. Just be nice. Welcome people into our lives wherever we go.